Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy, and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. After an incredible sports weekend, Dan Kennedy and I, Mark Rogandino, we are back here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network, talking all things LAFC, all things LA Galaxy. Uh, We rehash what went down over the weekend for both of the Southern California MLS teams and, of course, look ahead. DK, I mean... There's so much control, there, buddy. There is so much to choose from from this past weekend. Uh, I know we'll talk plenty about the soccer, but maybe go into kind of some of the other stuff that you did and you were watching because there was the Masters, Game oh, of Thrones, buddy. playoff hoops, so NHL playoffs, MLS schedule. I mean, I, my my head was going in a hundred different directions, but it was awesome. Well, I had uh, I had the Masters app streaming. I had BPL on in the mornings. And then some MLS coverage streaming in the afternoons. It was a, yeah, it was a fun weekend. And all of that rogues happened while I was at a Coachella, buddy. No, just turning, just turning it back. You know, just turn, these are the things I didn't get to do when I played, man. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta go live a little bit. <laughs> no, for sure, right? Because you're you, at this point during Coachella for the last, you know, twelve years, right? You were taking care of your body, and um, I, right. I guess that's, I guess you were right. at the other end. You were at the other end of the spectrum out there in the in the desert area, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun in the sun, buddy. A lot of yeah. fun in the sun. Hey, give 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 the listeners in like like a couple of highlight moments out there at Coachella away from well, the sports. So stuff. I went out actually on Friday night because you know you got to put some kids to bed on Friday night. The grand, grandma and grandpa were here, and then I golfed a track called Andalusia, which is a really nice course um, right next to the polo fields there that Coachella is held at. Course record still safe. Course record yeah, still safe. Course okay. right at ninety. My ninety four <laughs> did not come close. <laughs> Um, so what, check this day out, Saturday morning, golfing, nice track, uh, go to the, my wife works for revolve. So go to the revolve, uh, the revolve party day party from like two to eight and then head over to Coachella for like an eight to 11 and then just get an Ubers, shut it down early before it gets too hectic, you know? Really? Shut it down early, huh? Yeah, shut it down early. I had in bed by midnight, and because I mean, I was out golfing at, at uh, eight in the morning. Right. And then uh, we, you know, nice relaxing Sunday pool day. We didn't go into the festival or anything, and and headed home Sunday afternoon. Get back with the kids. It was perfect. Oh, so you got your bronze on a little and bit. I, I mean, I was like, you know, with I have a one and a half year old and a three year old. I was like Sunday morning. I was up at six still because I can't sleep in. And I'm watching Masters live coverage. I'm watching. It was unbelievable sports weekend. 
Tiger. No. Now, 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 here's the big question, right? When you watch that Masters app, do you stay on, like, network coverage, or do you like to flip around and go, because can't you go to Amen Corner there, and you yeah, can go to yeah. just well, the par threes or marquee was, group? Yeah, I was just following uh, Tiger's group because he was just in the hunt, and it felt like he had to be watched. So I was just following his group. It was great. Many might call me a hater because I have been in that group that said Tiger was never going to win a major again. So right now I've been eating crow for about the past uh, three <laughs> days. Uh, and, and as you'll hear from our special guest, uh, Dave Farrell from Lincoln Park, the bassist, he'll come on a little bit later here and join us. He's a diehard LAFC fan. Uh, I even told him there's no way that Tiger's finishing in the top 10. And he wanted to throw on some money on it, but I was, as usual, a little bit of a wuss. <laughs> well, I mean, he, it was um, who who would have thought what what a way for him to do it, come back. I mean, this guy's mentality was maybe one of the strongest in in sporting history. Like him and Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, kind of stick out, and um, and it was broken, shattered. You know, he was a, a shell, a, a fraction of himself for so many years. And um, he just kind of downshifted on Sunday, and you saw it. He was so calm, and he just seemed so composed. And, man, like – Every swing was just the tempo was perfect. It was fun to watch, man. Fun to watch. It was. It was. And I, I mean, I'm say, like, I'm, I'm like the typical American, you know, just love a, a love a comeback comeback story. For sure, for sure. And I will say that moment of seeing him immediately hug his own uh, kids, uh, right where he, right where he had hugged his dad, you yeah, know, well, so many years Nike, ago. Yeah, that's right. Nike yeah, I mean, that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah but and but it, it seemed. I mean, however. I don't want to say planned, but it seemed like a gen- it was a genuine, genuine. moment, at it least in my, in my eyes. So how, um, how could it not be, man? I mean, his right. kids have never seen him win a majors, or his son, at least. You know, right, 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 like, right, right. Like not that he remembers. So incredible, incredible. Let's go, let's go from the little white ball to the to the bigger ball in Major League Soccer. Um, and wow, the two Southern California teams, LAFC and the LA Galaxy. You could argue the two hottest teams in Major League Soccer right now, right? L.A. Galaxy getting, I think, their fourth straight win, right, DK? And mm-hmm. LAFC, well, they just continue to rumble uh, through teams right now in MLS. Yeah, and they're just cruise control. Um, to me, LAFC still just more complete performance. Um, could have been more. Galaxy had a – I mean, they, they were given a penalty kick. And I actually thought the ref did a poor job on Ibra's first goal – um, could have been a foul against Ibra. And I totally then, uh, agree. You know, so it, it that, that Galaxy game was was actually pretty. It was pretty tight against Philly, and and that's what we talked about. I mean, Philly's just a scrappy team, man. Like they don't, they they never really roll over on you. They're a tricky team to play. They have a lot of energy, um, and it was just the the, the ball kind of bounced Galaxy's way on the day, and um, that it, that hasn't happened in three years, right? Like, literally. Like the, the the club has kind of felt like they've been on hard luck for the past two seasons. So this is, you know, where momentum's built. And um, yeah, I'm excited. This is for L.A. soccer. This is this is brilliant. We want both these teams at the top of the Western Conference. Two things came out of that two nothing win against Philadelphia for me. Um, the first one is. It looks to me like Skeloto has zeroed in on what his 11 is going to look like on a regular basis. And in particular, uh, that top five, when you have Zlatan as ba- basically the lone number nine, the target up there, 
Uh, and then the three underneath him with Antuna, Leggett, Allison Gini, and then Jonathan Dos Santos and, and Corona as the two holding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they look like they have a really good or front front six, I should say. They look like they, that's a really good collection of talent. And I think guys are really embracing what their roles are within that group. Yeah. And this team is just more balanced than it than it's been in years past and in the signing of uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez um, will be probably uh, you know the one player that gets implemented into this lineup that you're talking about and and for for me um, if he's playing center back the one center back that you can't take out of of a game right now is Daniel stairs I mean he's he's been so consistent. Um, this season. And, and in fact, again, over the weekend um, against Philadelphia, saves a ball off the line, uh, winning his one of you one battles, looks to be quicker um, on the turn and and in cover um, than Polenta. And and to me, um, I'll just be interested to see how that plays out and what decisions Scalotto makes around Daniel Stairs, because he he deserves to be a starter on that team. And if, if if he's been a consistent factor, the one thing that has not been consistent, at least from my eyes, and I'll hear, I want to hear your thoughts, is is their defending, right? I mean, there yeah. were some there were some sloppy moments in the second half there against Philadelphia where the Union probably should have at least gotten one. I think they hit the mm-hmm. post one time. Uh, mm-hmm. Bedoya had a chance to go just wide of the post, but there was there was a couple of bad giveaways uh, at the back, right in front of the benches. Mm-hmm. So they, you got to clean that up. As much as I like what they're doing at the front six for Scalotto, I, I would still have my concerns about how they're doing across the back four. Yeah, well, they and and so Rolf Felcher has been an interesting player because he's had moments. I mean, he's a big, strong player, and he looks the part, and he can get up and down the line. And there'll be moments in a game where he, you know, he he's all over the place, and he he makes a couple plays defensively, and then swings in a couple nice balls. And then I'll see games where he just doesn't look bothered, like he just doesn't look like he's in the game. Um, Diego Polenta, to your point, I mean, he he's he's been the one that's most inconsistent in the back line. It just seems to me trying to trying to be trying to be something he's not trying to do a little bit too much, trying to make his name a little bit too early in this league. Yeah, for me, you, you always just want to fly under the radar, especially as a defender. Like if you're if you're a big international signing on the attacking side, yeah, you want to splash, you want to score some goals. But when you're a defender, man, just get your job done. Um, Jorgen Skelvik is is maybe just a little out of position. I actually think I might prefer him as a left wing a, a, a winger. Right. Um, instead of an outside back. But he he's actually s- settled down a little bit this year, been more consistent. And then to round it out, Daniel Stairs has been the best one. Um, but if, if if they continue to get shutouts, man, um, the, the, the confidence grows and the continuity grows, and that's the important thing. Yeah, that's back-to-back shutouts uh, for the Galaxy. And as I said, a fourth straight win. They're unbeaten at home. So a lot of parallels then when you turn over and you go to the other team uh, directly east of Carson, California, and LAFC, a 2-0 win for them. That's now six wins and a draw, Dan. Uh, 19 of a possible 21 points so far uh, on the season. Um, well, and- yeah, I mean, it's and, – and now you start going, okay, how – what – what's the limit here? You know, sky's the limit. How, how, how high can we go? How far can we take this? Um, and then schedule congestion happens and you have a game Wednesday night. 
yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a bit. Um, but the, the 2 nothing win against FC Cincinnati, I, I obviously I was there at the bank, and I felt like – LAFC were in complete control, especially in the opening in, in the opening, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, but they but, two minutes into the game. Spencer right. Richie made a spectacular oh, save. Big time save as that ball falls He's to Rossi. He's been their best He's, player. He he should have buried it. Um but but they did have a couple of chances. Uh, Maddox had a great back post opportunity that it was still scoreless at that point. I think it was around the I want to say around like the 15th, 16th minute. If he puts that ball in the net. He's he's unmarked at the back post with the service coming over the top, and he just he pushes it wide. He puts that ball in though; it's a different game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, this is the reality of Major League Soccer. So you, at the end of the year, you look down at your schedule, and you look at some games, and you're like, man, well, since he at home is a game we have to win, right? And LAFC for the to to your earlier point, they controlled this game. So yeah, there's going to be opportunities. Like Walker Zimmerman got caught letting a ball bounce. Um, right. He seemed yes. just a little bit relaxed, and 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 it was the end of the first half. Or Tyler Miller was it end of the first half or beginning of the second of, half? End, no, end of the first half. And, and Tyler Miller made his biggest save of the match right there. Right, right. Oh, maybe uh, that's probably one of his best saves of the season. Yeah, I would left. agree because yeah. he, he Tyler Miller is a tall boy, and and he stretched fully to get that ball. Yep, and he and he bailed Walker out, and that's important, right? Like you need cover, and you need guys to step up for for guys when they have a little brain fart or make a mistake, and they don't get capital that that, that doesn't punish you or kill you. Um, but you know those little alarm bells, like Walker Zimmerman, next game he plays, he's just going to be clearing the ball again. I mean, that's one of the best things he does is just clears the, clears the space. Right. Don't 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 overcomplicate things. Where you know. Um, and, and so this Cincy team, they're, they're a little bit better than I, I gave them credit for earlier on in the season. Um, but still, this is just a game you have to win at home. So I'm not, I, not overly surprised, but I I tell you who surprised me, or I guess continues to impress me is, is Diego Rossi. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you're watching these games, um, watch what Rossi does every single time Carlos Vela gets the ball. He just starts fucking sprinting, man, sprinting at the other goal. And it's because he knows Vela's always in control and he, and and just keeps that ball in, in that sweet spot of his left foot. And he can either take it himself or dish something off. And those combinations are what create championship teams. And by the way, uh, we talked about the Galaxy's shutout streak for LAFC. That's now a third straight shutout. They've shut out San Jose, D.C. United, and now FC Cincinnati. And, oh, at the other end of the field, yeah, they've scored 21 goals. When you look at this team offensively, uh, even now with an injury to Adama Diamande, they haven't missed a beat. Christian Ramirez steps right right in. But the, the big thing is, Dan, is... Diamande, Christian Ramirez, you're not looking at those guys to be your goal scorers, right? You have Vela, who who dishes and finishes, and then you have, as you just mentioned, Rossi making runs. Rossi, I think, now has he has six goals now uh, early in the season already. Yeah, and with Vela, all you want is, uh, is a, is a hold-up or target player that occupies center backs, and that's what creates space. So, so you don't need a... 
a, a, a number nine that goes and scores uh, 18 goals in a season. What you need is a couple guys that will put in a bunch of work to, to occupy the center backs and to pin them back and to hold a high line. And that's what gives the space for Vela to go in there and operate and do and, and do what he has done so well since he came to Major League Soccer. And I mean, that's that's create creating goals and, and goal scoring opportunities. Uh, it, it was interesting after the game uh, if you heard if people heard the comments from Bob Bradley about how what Cincinnati tried to do was press up on Mark Anthony Kay and Edward Atuesta, their two holding. Uh, defensive midfielders to make it difficult so that then all of a sudden LAFC had to bypass and play over the top. You just wonder now, I don't don't think any club has figured it out exactly, but you're starting to see some little signs of, I think, how teams are going to put together a blueprint to try and slow down this prolific offense. Yeah, and and they're going to continue to pull at straws because the minute you step on, uh, you step high in midfield, then the space is created underneath for for Rossi and and, and Vela, so um, you, you either have to find a way to, to 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 offset their possession and control by by controlling the ball yourself, um, or you need to play a lower block and and try to counterattack and catch um, catch you know the likes of Walker Zimmerman on the counter, which this is where uh, teams. Um, last year got at LAFC uh, more often than not. It was by sitting a little bit deeper and then just trying to break out against them. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, along those lines, I had a conversation with Mark Anthony Kay after the game, and he said he felt that FC Cincinnati worked the hardest the entire game of any opponent that they've seen so far this year. He he said he felt like when they went to DC and they they thumped them early in the first half and it was three nothing at halftime. They saw the letdown in that team right. and they and and they let down. But he said it was a one nothing game pretty much till Vela scores in second half stoppage time. He said right. FC Cincinnati brought it the entire game, yeah. which is something right that club has to do DK because yeah they got to be scrappy. Yeah, if, they, if they're not quite there in a couple of spots, talents-wise, right, working hard, that blue-collar mentality of we're just going to be relentless, we're going to come at you, we're going to defend, we're going to defend, that's how they're going to stay in games. Yeah, and that's why the, right now they're sitting in the last playoff spot on the Eastern Conference ahead of the likes of Atlanta United and New York Red Bulls. Um, they've just been scrappier on the season, and they've had that. They've kind of fallen into this mentality of saying, okay, we're just gonna we're just going to put in a big shift here. Which I don't mind it. You you create this uh, us against the the league mentality. You know everyone expects expects us not to do well. So let's go prove some people wrong. Honestly, I, I am I am really surprised that that, that they're, they're better than I thought. Oh no, no but I, I'm, I was switching. You just mentioned. I can't believe that New York is sitting in ninth in the East well, right now. Yeah, like, and, and there's rumors circulating already. I saw something today that Thierry Henry's been been rumored to be a viable coaching option for them in in, in coming weeks, but. I think that would be a mistake too. Uh, the teams lost their way a little bit under Jesse Marsh. It was just so clear how they how they played, and it was sure. all pressure. And um, Chris Armis, uh, I was I, I called a game for Fox with with Chris last year, and um, you know he he wanted to tinker the system a little bit. He he wanted to tell his, what he wants out of his team, and not you know relay the same message message of what Jesse wants. And it was close. He's he, you know in his words. More or less, it was close, but he wants to play a little bit more. And um, then you have to remember, I mean, Tyler Adams, this guy is 
uh, just a, a beast. And to yeah. lose a player like him, um, and then you have an aging Bradley Wright Phillips, and um, you know the team just their levels dropped a little bit, and then the confidence you start to ask some questions uh, about yourselves, and then you feel like you're hard done. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see in the coming weeks if uh, if they can write that ship or if there's some drama over there uh, in in Harrison, <laughs> New Jersey, with with yeah drama exactly. Uh, speaking of drama, uh, let's do it a little bit different this week before we bring Dave Farrell of Lincoln Park on to oh, yeah. uh, to talk a little yeah, LAFC. We uh, we probably should uh, hop into our picks for this one uh, for this week and LAFC. Oh, it's easy. easy week. LAFC obviously has uh, the double with uh, we're we're recording here on the eve of tonight's game in Vancouver and then Sunday they set up back at home against the Seattle Sounders so we'll pick both of those games and a huge huge matchups on the weekend and the Galaxy right playing host to Houston um, you know an an unbeaten team in the Houston Dynamo that's going to be a big matchup in Carson California on the weekend Mm -hmm. But, but but when I said drama DK I was talking about you closing the gap. On picks. <laughs> if you haven't been with us for the first seven weeks of the year, I've I've had oh, a consistent gosh. lead on this Dan is, Kennedy this with, be with a long the season. If this, um, if this, if I don't turn this thing around, yeah. And uh, so coming into uh, week seven of Major League Soccer, I had a three point uh, lead on Dan in the point column, twelve points to nine points. If you're not aware of the rules, we pick the Galaxy game winner, we pick the LAFC winner, we pick the score for a possible extra point, and then we pick our wild card winner. So there's a lot going on. But Dan, Dan picked the Galaxy to win two nothing. He picked LAFC to win, so that's three points right there. And he picked the Dynamo to win uh, two to one, which they did. So he, he picked up five of a possible six points, ladies Boom. and gentlemen. Boom, out of here. Um, and then I picked the Galaxy to win 2-1. to one. That came true. I picked LAFC to win 2 nothing. That's two points. And then I picked Minnesota United to win 3-1. Little did I know they would draw 3-3 on their new stadium, Allianz Field. So, Clawing it back. Clawing it back. So the up-to-date score is uh, Rogo still in front by 1, 15-14. As we head into Week 8, uh, let's start with the Galaxy game. Big game against, uh, big game against the Dynamo this weekend. Yeah, this is a tricky game, and it is one thing I've I've continued to say is I worry about the Galaxy's speed, and when you look at the Dynamo, that is all they are. It's crazy. I mean, they are explosive. So I think this is actually going to be a pretty even um, game. Galaxy to control the match with the ball, Houston to hit hard on the counter. And and there's goals in it. I mean, we we touched on the you know Galaxy's defense isn't quite rock solid yet. There's goals in the Galaxy's offense. So I got this game as a tie, two to two. Ooh, ooh. Um, by the way, I think for uh, for Houston, uh, Manotas might be one of the most underrated players still. Yeah. Maro Manotas might be right. one of the most underrated players uh, in the league right now. And they do. They have a lot of they have a lot of talent, right? When you look at uh, you know. Kyoto, uh, you, you got Albert Elise. I mean, they they there's Manor Figueroa, and then obviously you know you got some guys that that have been around and doing a long time. Obviously, Demarcus is the top of that list. Uh, AJ De La Garza, so a little mm-hmm. bit of a re- return back for him. He's been doing that for a couple of years now as a member. Um, so um, I agree with you though. You said two two. Is that what you said? Yes. God, I can't make up any ground on you if I don't if I don't do that right. 
Um, wow. Two, two for Dan Kennedy. I am going to, uh, I'm going to go on a little flyer here. Sometimes you got to take a little flyer and, uh, I'm going to say Houston's going to win this game and they are going to win it. Three, one. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out on a a limb here and I'm going to say it's a three, one win for Houston. So we turn to LFC. Hey, this is why we play the games, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we play the games. Uh, we turn to LAFC. So we got two picks here for LAFC because tonight they're in Vancouver. Uh, let's start there. What do you think, DK? Well, Vancouver, I mean, this is midweek matchup. Uh, Vancouver is continuing to, 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 to try to search for uh, identity and, and how they're going to play. And what that's led to is a very conservative um, team. And they try not to give up goals. Conservative and be- winless team. Correct. And um, you, but they had to stop the bleeding, you know, so I I, I like LAFC in this game, um, even at, at midweight week away. And I, I have LAFC for the win to nothing. Ooh, OK. Um, I might have some insider trading knowledge here. So uh, <laughs> I, I thanks I for sharing going, with me now. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that I feel like you you said it you used the term trap game a few weeks ago. I think we were talking right. about the Real Salt Lake game or the the San Jose game. It was one of those games ahead of a bigger game. And I feel like that's what this is. First of all, you tell me how difficult is it when you've been playing once every week on the weekend? So you're training five days, maybe a travel day, and then you play a weekend game. You're back to training for you know, a a Regen day, then back to training for four right. days. You right. get ready and you play on the weekend. This is the first time now that a number of these players have to turn around and play uh, four days later after they played. Not could be ninety minutes on the weekend in a, in a grinded out as we discussed two nothing win against FC Cincinnati. So for that matter, uh, I think it's actually going to be a draw. I think yeah. a point a point on yeah. the road is. A, I, I think I'll be a ahead point, of you by next week. It's great. A, <laughs> a point on the road is a good thing. And so I'm going to say it's a uh, LAFC one, Vancouver one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I know. Interesting. I know. It is interesting. Um, the worst team against the best team. Huh. Just, just a gut, just a gut feeling here because then LAFC turns around and they have to play Sunday uh, against the Seattle Sounders on Easter Sunday. It's an early start time, by the way, four o'clock Pacific kickoff. Uh, inside Bank of California Stadium, and that's that could be barring what happens in Vancouver. Uh, you know, that's the matchup of two of the three unbeaten teams in the Western Conference. I think, and I think Seattle has a bone to pick with LAFC mm-hmm. based on the fact that they beat them twice last year when Seattle kind of wasn't Seattle, right? It was they were doing their. Uh, you know, Toronto FC, Atlanta United type thing where they were still dabbling in CONCACAF Champions League. They played them early in the year. Uh, so I think you're going to catch a really tough Seattle team on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and so when you talk about trap games, um, I, I think that this game at the weekend, because of the game in Vancouver, is much more difficult, um, even though it's at home. And so I, I have this one marked as a draw, and I think it's going to be one-to-one. Okay. Okay. I was going to go in that direction, but uh, but it's I, not you know it's not a trap game because Seattle's top a top team, um, and a dangerous team at that. And I had a hard time with this one thinking there might be more goals in this game, but 
you know, I, I, I don't think this is going to be the same outcome as the DC United match. I think, I think Seattle's set up just a, a little bit better. And, and now, you know, teams are, are, are kind of getting into their rhythm. And there's a little bit of an unknown for that DC United LAFC game. For sure. For sure. Um, based on all that, I'm going to say that LAFC are going to continue their dominance at home. And so I actually have LAFC winning two to one in that game. I, I, I think Seattle has a goal in them, mm-hmm. but the way that Vela is playing right now and the way that, that Rossi is playing, uh, the, the advantage of being the home team, you know, inside the, I just, it's a lot to overcome for anybody, even in a team that is good as, is as good as the Seattle Sounders are. So I have right. LAFC uh, winning that game, which brings us now to uh to the um wildcard picks i hope you've done your this homework this is so here. easy buddy you, this you, is just, it's so easy every week this is just getting easier for me well i'm just gonna say based i'm just on warming up with the season buddy uh, okay based on the fact that you're still trailing <laughs> in the standings of these picks here uh you actually still get to go first well thank you i appreciate that and uh, I'll do my best effort to pick a guaranteed lock, which is going to be Columbus beating Portland two to nothing. Oh, that is a stone cold lock right there. That is a stone cold <laughs> lock right there. And that's now two weeks in a row that you've taken the pick that I wanted. Well, this is the other thing. This is interesting, right? This could be the trap game because you have all the Portland players that used to play for Caleb. Oh, um, I didn't even think about that. You know, and now they're showing up, and maybe there's just a little something there that we don't know about, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. And for that reason, then, I'm going to go to the feisty team that the Galaxy saw this past weekend, and the Union, they have some good players. They will be back at home against Montreal, mm-hmm. and so uh, I will take – oh, wow. I did that. I just saw one other score that I no. really, really oh, like. Yeah, yeah, really, you really like. You committed, dude. You committed. Nope, nope. I'm not, I, 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 never, I never said anything. I said I was talking <laughs> about the Union, but instead, you know what, I'm going to switch it up. And I'm going to go to uh, Orlando City yeah, yeah, with yeah. Orlando City with a one nothing win based on the fact that Vancouver has to play the yeah. play LAFC midweek and then turn around and fly across the country to play on Saturday. That's a tough turnaround if you ask me. So I'm going to take Orlando City one nothing. Yeah, see, I had I, that was my safety valve pick, the Orlando win versus Vancouver, but I, I just didn't feel like beating up on Vancouver twice in one week. But uh, lot, well, what can you do? A lot of a lot of action on, <laughs> on the table here. A lot of action. A lot of action. All right, so a lot of points. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we definitely could have a shift. In I the, I just can't wait till the fl- the fl- the golf outing at Pelican and then the Flemings. Or Javier's dinner with our missus is that's what's on the line here, right? With this, with this point. Wow, wow. We're, I didn't make that kind of money in broadcasting yet, Dan. People, come on, get on this guy. Like, I was thinking maybe Happy Meals at McDonald's and uh, we'll Netflix and chill. Okay? Yeah, that's right. Man, that's good. That's good. Same outcome. I'm sure Steph and Tiffany would be just thrilled about that kind of an evening, right? Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, let's break away here from uh, our focus on LAFC and, and the Galaxy and their results and what's coming up on the weekend. And as, as promised, uh, we said we we're going to bring in some special guests, right? And that's well, exactly that's a special one. That's exactly what what we're going to do here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. 
Always good to bring in some different types of folks into the podcast here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. And so uh, as we promised you guys in the past, we're going to turn to some fans from time to time, some people that have connections to either LAFC or the LA Galaxy. And uh, on this week's edition with uh, Dan Kennedy, we bring in Dave Farrell, Lincoln Park bassist and a diehard LAFC fan. Uh, Dave, appreciate you stopping by and taking a little time with Dan Kennedy and myself. What's up, Rogo? What's up, Dan? How are you? Guys? <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Dave. We're good, buddy. We're better now. We're better. The podcast is better now that you're on it. That's for sure. I, I think the ratings I, just started going up right now. <laughs> um, Dave, I, let's, oh man, I I hate to disappoint people, but you're setting me up for some major failure there. No, 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 because you're an LAFC fan, so that, that that's a plus right there. So, um, you know, obviously, LAFC, we're doing really well on the field. Uh, we bring you into the fold. I mean, you've been wearing the, lo- you've been wearing the logo on the hat for a while. T- start maybe there. Tell us how that came about, because before LAFC even took the field, you were already rocking the snapback. Yeah, so I, I grew up playing, playing soccer uh, in Southern California. I've always always loved the game um started following the premier league when i don't know when i was in high school and just starved to be able to watch like the highest level soccer and at that point i was you know recording on like a vhs vcr recording manchester united games that were coming on at two or three in the morning and hoping like my vcr would work to record it and (laughs) not cut off like the last two minutes of the game and dealing with all that stuff um and Another one of my best friends growing up, Mark Fiore, who's worked with us, uh, he's done, been our videographer for forever in Lincoln Park. And actually, me and him even had our first band together when we were in high school. Um, we started following the MLS kind of later on. We just figured, like, we were both figuring we've always followed international soccer, but what chance does soccer really have to gain traction and hold in the U.S. if, if guys like us who love the game aren't even really following it? So back in, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, we really started kind of digging in with uh, the Galaxy a bit. Yeah, yeah the glory and, days, Rogues, the glory days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like uh, I had season tickets back like the first year Beckham, first second year Beckham came to play. And at that point, it was literally like my, my seats were these, it felt like I was going to one of my daughter's soccer games because I had like these fold-out chairs that were on the opposite side <laughs> on the field across from where like the team was but they literally weren't even like seats. They were something you'd buy, like a nice version of something you'd buy at Costco. Oh no, they call that a suite. Dave, they call that a suite. They were awesome. Yeah, and then we had like drink service there. So that was the best thing ever. But so I I always, you know, I I love that. I love trying to support the game in the US and especially locally here uh, in the LA area. And I think for both Mark and I, once we heard there was a new club uh, gonna be starting in, in LA, and once we'd kind of gotten just that small taste of, of how they were doing it and how they wanted to build the club and how they wanted to base it off of a true club experience, uh, similar to what you might get in Europe and specifically like what you might get or a taste of what you might get in uh, Dortmund, we were like, all right, this is awesome. Like, even if this is like a fraction of what we're kind of like hearing or what's being promised, this is going to be badass. So, and then, you know, then they sent over, uh, they shipped over to our studio a couple of the hats and I commandeered the first one and just said, Hey, all you other turds, many of you guys are in a soccer. So don't try and like wear this gear just cause you think it's cool. Like this is mine. 
So I just, <laughs> just kind of claimed it. I claimed it in the band, and I love the hat. I love the logo from the beginning. And then every step of the way, I think I've just been able to get like more on board, more excited about how the team plays, like how they've built out uh, their relationship with the fans. And then even like the stadium and like how supportive the fans are of each other and the feel there. I, I think it's like, I think it's great. I think it's great for the great for the game. I think it's great for LA. And um, yeah, it's awesome. And yeah, DK- it's, it's certainly a, a, a special setup, Dave. I mean, sorry to cut you off, Mark, but one one curiosity I have, and I like to ask fans of of LAFC, is you know I'm like personally I'm a I'm a I'm an LA sports fan, right? But when right. it comes down to the Lakers or the Clippers, I've been I've been a Lakers fan since since the since the '80s, since I was a kid. Um, but if the if the Clippers were to make a run in the playoffs, I, w- I would be rooting for them, right? Unless they came up against the Lakers, and and same thing with the Dodgers Angels. Like I I I have a, a far away support. I'll go to both clubs, but I'm an Angels fan. I grew up in in Yorba Linda, and right. one thing I'm always interested to 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 hear from fans on is the is the perspective of like, okay, you were a, you, you're a Southern California soccer fan. Um, you followed the Galaxy. But the Galaxy never capitalized on you as a fan, and now LAFC has. What I mean, you you touched on it a little bit with with the the stadium and the European environment trying to copy uh, Dortmund. But w- what was it that the Galaxy didn't do? I guess through those years when LAFC wasn't on the scene to to capture you as a die diehard fan of theirs. You know, I it's that's a great question, and it's a tough one to answer without phrasing like something negatively about galaxy. So I, I wouldn't answer it. Like LA galaxy for me was always, you know, they were our, our local club, um, you know, local MLS club, closest professional soccer I had to me, uh, that kind of thing. It wasn't about what they weren't doing well. I think it's more for me, what like LAFC has done really well. Like it, to phrase it in a positive as opposed to a negative. Right. I think what LFC has done really well that that I appreciate has been creating their team around the culture of their fans. Um, you know, that, and that that's kind of a little bit in direct juxtaposition with the Galaxy's approach, which seeming you know I'm I'm on the outside. Obviously, I have no idea what's going on, but looking historically at what it is, they they're going to bring in big players, and then it's kind of a mentality of like follow the team because we've got some great stars here and you're going to see some good soccer, but it creates like that environment of like, you're just kind of coming to see, you're coming to see like those guys play. You're not coming to the game because you're like a diehard of that team, no matter what and the LAFC's vibe as, as I've gotten it is like, we're going to play a great attractive attacking style of soccer, but it's about the club. Like it's about like the heart, the passion it's about treating the fans correctly it's about like having four dollar beers in the supporter section it's, you know it's all the little things that go into making it like okay this is if you want to buy in here like this is you can have like a piece of what this is what this club is it's not just like you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring in the biggest guys we can get and then buy their jersey it's yeah more of a Fair enough. More, Fair enough. Like Just a, a great, great, great response. I mean, I the the other thing is like so now thinking about LAFC and and it, I mean they're in their infancy uh, and what an amazing start 
they have had as a club. And I was telling Rogo before we got on, like I, I actually, th- this team could run the gauntlet this year in Major League Soccer. Like they could win the league, and they could they're they're built and they have depth. And if as long as they can keep their key players fit throughout the season. Um, they're they're going to be tough for for any major league soccer team to to play against. Um, up to, up to this point, though, I mean, what are a couple milestones that stick out to you, Dave, as as a fan for for LAFC? I think one of the, one of the things that I thought was great was the first home game at uh, the Bank Bank California Stadium. For sure, last season. Um, I mean, that, that was kind of nuts. I was lucky enough to be able to go. Um, I had like a pretty close, great seat behind the south end goal when Simon scored in like the 90-whatever minute. Against, was um, that Stefan Fry's? Uh, that home? was against yeah. Seattle, yep. Yeah. And uh, that was interesting, too, because it, it was obviously, I don't know, maybe what was it, Rogody? I don't know if you remember, maybe like their 10th game of the season they'd played right. all kind of yeah they played games. the fir- so first six like a- on the first six on the road and that was that was game set actually it's coming up right now on exactly a year anniversary it was the last weekend in april a year ago okay see that's what we bring rogues so, in for these these little details <laughs> that's what i, I go to i go to rigandino for any everything like that that i could that <laughs> i could that <laughs> i could contribute to the conversation just a little bit about, dan about time. I, about I go time. i go to rigandino for for Precious facts like last week when I told him I had Tiger pick to win the Masters, and he said there's no chance he's not even finishing the top 10. <laughs> ah, I knew that <laughs> so was guess... coming out. Hey, let's stay on track here. We're <laughs> talking good. about LAFC yeah. and the Galaxy. Listen, I, I typically go to Rogues for a, a, a quick beer or, 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 a heavy, or a heavy cocktail. <laughs> there you go. Uh, soccer, yeah, I... soccer facts, yes. Golf facts, no. <laughs> I, I and and I should let our DK and I should let our listeners know that so um, LAFC in a way wouldn't you say say Dave is kind of how our our friendship really started is the fact that yes we cross paths here in South Orange County where we our families are in close proximity um, but but the connection with LAFC is kind of got what got you and I talking and eventually got us to get an opportunity for me to pay you some money out on the golf course losing <laughs> and um, but 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 LA, but I think. That speaks to what you're talking about, about the fan experience for LAFC, that um, when you go to the games, it is like a huge family, right? Anyone who is supporting that logo, that crest, or those black and gold colors, you're like, you know, it's a little nod of the cap to them, like, yep, hey, I, I see you there, you know? And that's part of what it's about, going to Bank of California Stadium and being a part of the culture of the club. Yeah, and that that it's really true. And I, I that's what I was saying as far as going to that first home game last year. It was almost like, Everybody had been kind of following a little bit, you know, watched some games from the away games they'd seen leading up to it. But obviously this was uh, mostly everyone's chance to see the team live and at the same time also interact with other people who are there. And there is like, there is a really cool feel. And I hope that that definitely continues amongst kind of the the fan base of, of the club. There is a really nice friendly, like camaraderie there. Like there's, the supporters are pretty unified in like almost like accepting each other with open arms. So there's a really diverse thing going on at the stadium itself, but everybody's kind of like, you know, let's, let's treat each other well, let's support the team. And, and, and I think like that, I see that culture also, uh, you know, with like Rich Orozco, uh, yep. 
Tom Penn's front office. I've met some of those guys from the ownership. They do have such a amongst themselves. There seems to be kind of that same, uh, I don't know, like a synergy of just how they want the like the atmosphere and how they want the uh, the culture of the club to to exist. Well, you look you look at like the capos of each of the supporters groups, and those guys are like royalty. Well, you know, walking around Bank of California Stadium, right? I mean, the guys that are actually down there leading each of the supporters groups throughout uh, the games in the thirty-two fifty-two. I mean, seriously, those guys are like royalty when they're you know cruising around the stadium with 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 Tom Penn or with with Rich Orozco. Um, and and you, you, I think you bring up a good point, and, and Dan, you could probably speak to it a little bit. I feel like sometimes when you go to the home of the Galaxy, Dignity Health Sports Park, like Angel City Brigade and, and you know, the Riot Squad, they don't necessarily, I mean, I, don't, I feel like they don't, they aren't always on the same page, right? They're, they're battling each oh, other yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Right. They're battling yeah, they, each other sometimes, right. whereas in, in the 3252, it's a ton of supporters groups, but they're all kind of under one umbrella for the common goal. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never played at, at the Bank of California Stadium, but I've been there for games, and and it's a pretty impressive wall of fandom, right? And I mean, to see, I mean, I just remember the the rain delay game, right, where those fans were just dancing and singing and partying yeah. in the rain, and like, I mean, I played in Dallas where if there was a rain delay. After that, after the game would kick back off again, there would be nobody in the stands. I'm talking like <laughs> hundreds of people, not thousands. Okay, um, and with the Galaxy, yeah, the two supporter groups. I mean, the highlight for me when I played against the Galaxy and when I played with the Galaxy was when those when those supporter groups would sing in unison or back and forth to one another across the stadium. Um, but it's. Uh, because of the segmented groups, you just don't have that wall or that army of 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 folks uh, collective. And that's, um, I mean, to, when you talk about culture and and how uh, the owners and the management visioned what LAFC would be, um, I mean, that that's why they toured Europe. I mean, they they found with with Borussia Dortmund um and using that as a bit trying to be a little bit of a replica in a way of the of of their stadium um the yellow wall yeah they've they've done a great job and it and it just reminds like the the at the clop in liverpool right um there there's certain clubs that have this wall that it just it erupts whenever there's a good moment and uh the galaxy the way the stuff or I, I call it Home Depot Center, StubHub Center, and then Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, the way it's laid out, with the, when those fans shout back and forth and sing in unison, it's special, but it's just a different. It's a it's a different feeling. Dave, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's yeah, really go cool, ahead. I think looking forward, I, you know, in in I went to UCLA, so in the LA area, like the biggest rivalry for years. I mean, probably for I don't know, arguably a hundred years would obviously be like USC, UCLA. And it's that's so interesting for me to think about the culture of those two schools. You know, I went to UCLA, so obviously I know that one's way better. The culture Come on, come on, Dave. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Trojan, man. Take it easy. <laughs> I, I've done my research. <laughs> I apologize that you couldn't get into UCLA. It's yeah. not my fault, though. <laughs> Didn't, never even yeah. applied. Never tried. The the culture of those two schools is really different, but obviously it's like, what are they separated by 10 miles? Like you're in the same kind of place and it's 
that's like what makes that rivalry so fierce. And also the fact that it's like, if you went to UCLA, you've got tons of friends who are over at SC and vice right. versa. And right. SC, you go to SC, you come to hang out in Westwood on the weekends because there's cool stuff to do there. And that's like, obviously UCLA's backyard. So I, I'm curious to see like, <clears throat> easy to see the like the vitriol and venom between the two clubs when, when you go on like twitter and that kind of thing but i'm interested to see how the lafc and the la galaxy rivalry el trafico that whole bit i'm interested to see how that plays out like not only in this year because i think this year is going to be awesome especially like if we get down to the end and these games could mean a ton right. but moving forward like five years like what does that look like 10 years and I think it could be like, well, uh, the, the, the balance is right. I mean, both clubs are ambitious. Uh, so if you're ambitious in major league soccer, you're willing to spend, um, typically the teams that are willing to spend have a little bit of a advantage over the course of a season. Um, and, and when I look at this, at the, at the standings today, I mean, both teams are four and at home. Um, and if you win, if you are that dominant at home, you, you can make a run and, and it's, it's great for major league soccer to have both these teams top of the Western conference, just duking it out. Um, and that'll, I mean, to, to your point, it's just going it, to, it's going to drive soccer in this market. And it's funny cause I, before LAFC was a, a real thing, um, people would always ask like, Oh, like the, do we, it, we already have enough content, uh, sports coverage, sports teams to follow. Like, do you need another one? Chivas USA didn't work. And my, I always believed that if they, if LAFC could get it right, which they have, and, and under Bob Bradley, I think they'll continue to do, um, it, it would just drive this market. Be, and it would drive the fandom and the rivalry. And that's what you need, man. You need the rivalry. You need fans to have something to to stand behind, whether it's the LAFC or LA Galaxy Crest. And and that that's what's going to help push this game forward because for the in the end, you're you're competing for players and you're competing for fans and having both these teams be successful. Um it, it's gonna create something something special in this market, I think. Dave, Dave Phoenix Farrell from uh, Lincoln Park joining us. Hey, how, by the way, how did that, that that nickname come about? Long, boring story. Oh! Short. I'll make it short. It came from the Ben Stiller movie, Mystery Men. And when we started touring, <laughs> this was with my first band I played with starting like in high school. We, we all had intentionally kind of bad nicknames. And so... There's a scene in that movie where Ben Stiller's character, who's like this failed superhero, is trying to impress a girl. Um, you know, and I think what I can't even remember his superhero's identity, but she's like, "All right, like, what's your real name? Like, I don't, I'm not gonna call you like Mr. Furious or whatever it is. Like, what's your real name?" He's like, "Oh," and he's trying to impress her. He says, "It's, it's Phoenix, it's Phoenix Dark." So, <laughs> he's like digging him, digging himself deeper and deeper in this hole. Then finally, it's like, fine, my name's just Roy. It's Roy. So I took it from that. I became so, an intentionally, like, this nickname's trying way too hard to be super cool kind of nickname. And then, as luck or disluck would have it, it just stuck. And it became so, cool. Like, when I, I transitioned, like, back into Lincoln Park. Um, it had been a joke that had carried back into that band, and then it was just, like, before I knew it. 
it had it had grown its own own life. It became its own monster. And now for those uh, for those that want to, you can follow Dave on uh, Instagram, Phoenix LP as his uh, handle on Instagram. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about the music with us. Um, you know, Lincoln Park, obviously you guys have had some, some tough times with, uh, what's gone on with the band and, and losing, uh, Chester. Is there, are you guys going to get back together and, and make, and make some music? Yeah. The, the easiest way to answer that, which, you know, nobody wants to hear because it doesn't really do anything. The easiest answer is we don't know. Like we don't, we're kind of taking, we're still taking things as they come. The five of us now, um, we're still really close. We hang out quite a bit. We, you know, do dinner together. We hang out together, enjoy each other's company. But there's no rush on trying to force anything out there, whether it's new music or whether it's touring or whether it's like even ideas on how we would want to or may do that. So it's just kind of a process that I don't think there's a real playbook for. And we're just, at this stage right now, we're just, doing what feels comfortable and good and right and fun. Um, having said that, I think, I think we'll do something at some point in the future. I think we enjoy being around each other too much. None of us wants to be retired, whatever that means. And at the same time, we all still love music. So it's not a matter of, of if for me, I think it's more just when, um, so we'll see how it goes. Well, I, I and just real quick, Dave, I would assume that, you found other ways, right, to keep that that creativity, that musical process uh, in the meantime for you going, whether it's, uh, you know, something artistic. I think you and I talked about it, right? Weren't you getting into some some cooking, some chef skills or something like that? Oh, there we go. My mad Dan, chef skills. Dan's a foodie, so, you know. <laughs> the, the funny thing about that, I don't know, I don't remember what conversation we were having, but at one point I had put up on, uh, this was back in the day when, Wikipedia was still completely like anybody could go in and edit anything they wanted. <laughs> so I started changing my own Wikipedia page just with false information because I thought it was funny. So at one point I put on there that I was like, I had won a, some kind of an honorary title of master barbecuer and like won some awards and contests and all this kind of stuff. Just complete. complete no, w- Wikipedia was wrong. No. Well, then I start doing like radio interviews and stuff like this, and I start getting asked questions about it, and it, it dawned on me like, the only research these guys are doing is just pulling up my my Wikipedia page, which no one they're, had updated. Like, no, <laughs> you know, full, full radio voice like, hey, we got Phoenix from Lincoln Park on the phone. Phoenix, tell us about your recent barbecue championship win. I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do at this point? Do I just like say like, oh yeah, that's all? I I literally sat laughing in front of the tv with a friend of mine like just writing stuff on there making it up like is that a better story or do i just double down and continue making stuff up about like yeah this is what i'm currently doing with my grilling i think you roll with it you just tell them hey this here's my favorite here's my favorite marinade you know and i've been working on this uh you know pinned stuff double rib action yeah i think you roll with it (laughs) yeah well i so on that note, back to like the question, I, I've always played music. I started playing music when I was, I think, six. I was classically trained first on violin. And I've, it's for me, it's always been such a kind of a positive outlet. So I'm a little bit of like an introvert. Sometimes I like to go and have like my own time, my own space. Um, and so even all like through growing up, I never thought that 
music for me could or would be like a career path or a job. It was always just something I loved. So regardless, I'm always, I'm always figuring out and finding ways to play, whether that's like performing or whether that's just playing music by myself or I have a band that I, with my oldest daughter and one of her friends and her dad, you know, and we, we totally gig, play gigs. I love Huge, huge, huge house gigs. My daughter's twelve, so that's. I, I was just gonna say awesome. you should probably you should probably what tell everybody your like. your yeah. daughter's twelve. Yeah, that's exactly. Great. Uh, bring, bringing it back around to soccer. Uh, are we gonna see you out at uh, Bank of California Stadium on Sunday for eat for an Easter evening match? And and if so, do you have any details? Maybe you might be able to share about it. You mean super special secret details? Yeah, maybe. Is this a leading question? <laughs> I don't even know if it's, it's not a, it's not a secret. I don't think, but as far as I know right now, I'm going to be the Falconer on Sunday. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Did I say I, that? You, you, you did. We talked about it. I think uh, you said, well, you said that's maybe, right, that's so, right. you said maybe. So I was like, Oh, I don't know if he's, if he's ready to share yet, but it, I, and oh, so yeah. for those who don't, for, for those who don't know, explain what that means, Dave. So, well, you could help me explain what my responsibilities are too, because I'm not a hundred percent sure what I have to do, but I think I get to ride on the back of a special Falcon and together we fly around the stadium. And, uh, <laughs> it's like never, crowd. it's like never ending story. It's like never ending story. Right. right. You know, you, right. You, you, it's like episode one of game of Thrones season eight. Ooh. I am I'm the John Snow riding the dragon around the stadium. That's that's what that is, right, Rogo? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. Only only you're gonna kind of stand in between the benches and but hey, there's been a long list of of, you know, celebrities, entertainment people, sporting people that have had the opportunity to be the Falconer, which is stepping out with 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 one of the four Falcons that LAFC has. I believe Ali is the best trained of the Falcons and and you kind of that's how that's really officially how the whole match day starts is when the Falcon is released and does a couple of laps uh, around Bank of California Stadium. I think that's I mean, I think that's an honor. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm super pumped. And uh, when they I think like I think Rich from the club, I think that it was like they did the first one with Will Ferrell. And at that point, when I saw it, I, you know, I, I didn't have any idea that was going to happen or whatever else so it's like oh this is awesome like this is great super fun i think after the fact will was talking about how something had gone wrong where like ollie or whatever whatever one they were using uh didn't want to like leave the glove it was like wasn't doing what it was supposed to do which is a whole side note but then they're like hey do you want to do this this is this would have been like game two they're like hey do you want to be the falconer or whatever and i was like yeah this sounds amazing it looks like the coolest thing ever but it didn't work out. And so there's for a year now, plus or minus, there's been this thing of like, oh, we got to get you to do it sometime. And I've always wanted to do it, but it just hasn't worked out till Easter, uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, I'll be there um, along with the rest of the ESPN radio crew. Are you bring, so you're bringing the whole family out then? Yeah. yeah. I've got my wife and three daughters coming out. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, we, hey, Dan, we should probably have him give us a celebrity prediction for that for the game. You can get, can you give us a? I know it's on the spot, Dave, but can you give us a? a remember, Seattle lost twice to LAFC last year, and I think it was one nothing both times. You mentioned the Simon goal in the home opener uh, back in late April of last year. Thoughts on maybe 
two unbeaten teams at least coming together um, could be a big time battle and maybe even a Western Conference preview of a Western Conference final come October. I'm I'm just gonna go with my gut. I think Seattle scores first, then I think LAFC wins three to one. Wow, love it. Yeah, <laughs> love wow. it. Crazy, right? Love it. Yeah, crazy one. That'd be that'd be a good game. You Rogo, heard it. I want you to tell me how I want you to tell me how wrong I am, and then <laughs> I want it to happen so I can rub it in your face again. <laughs> in all fairness, here to everybody, um, we did have that discussion about Tiger Woods, and he said he was going to win it. And I thought for a while I was looking pretty good, and then all of a sudden, of course, being Tiger, he surges up the leaderboard. And who could have? could have seen that coming. I said he wasn't even going to finish top 10. I'll be I'll be totally transparent here. Yes, Dave, you were right, okay? I, I just that's all I wanted, Rogo. I don't need any uh faster money. I just need you to say in a public forum that I was right. It's yeah, for, even better if it said if you were to say That's that's the only right, reason why Dave wrong, came on. Yeah, that's right. Right. If you were to say Forget- you were right, I was wrong, that'd be better, but I'll just take you were right. Forget about being the Falconer on Sunday. You just got what you needed for the rest of your life. Dave, you were right. I was wrong, right? That's a, that's a, that's enough right there. Well, listen, we really if appreciate you could, if we could If you could have Lindsay on, you, you would know how uh, – Lindsay's my wife. If you could have her on, you'd know how special and important that is to me. Someone yeah. tell me you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> well, well, we, want, we, do, we will want to have you on again at another point later on in the season, especially to, uh, to once Game of Thrones wraps up. we got to get into a little Game of Thrones and, uh, and talk about it. Did you, did you enjoy the first episode? I loved it. I loved it. We, uh, we had like a party uh, with some really close friends and dressed up because we're just uber nerds. Um, it was great. It was a ton of fun. And I gotta like I gotta plug my own thing here. I'm completely blanking. But I gotta have you, Rogo, and anybody who wants to be able to make it from your guys' side to come over and do the member guest po- member guest podcast with Love us. it. Love it, love it, love it's, it. Uh, it's me, it's Brendan Steele, who's a professional golfer, and uh, Mark, who I've actually talked about a little bit on this podcast, but longtime friend. The three of us talking music and golf and whatever other silly stuff comes up. But usually I think- fun guests. Would love to have one or both of you, both you guys. Uh, I think that mean I think that means there's a tea time or around right. the around yeah. the conversation yeah. too, right, Dave? Yeah, we yeah we prefer that, if we, that podcast has been known trade to tea times. <laughs> that has been known to happen for sure. Uh, so Dave Farrell, we could go out and kick the ball around. Yeah. Oh well, I, I you don't want to see me go down like Boogie Cousins did a couple nights ago for the Warriors. <laughs> so yeah. That same quad injury, little, I, uh, I had that same quad injury, and it's it's not fun. It is it's not. Still, it's still lingering. It's lingering in there. So yeah, <laughs> golf is good. Golf and conversation and a couple beverages is good. Yeah. I'm uh, not Dave, proud to admit it, but now now that we're not recording anymore, wink wink, I, I'll feel happy to to tell it that I I actually injured myself playing foot golf a little while ago, which is golf just with a soccer ball. No. Get it in a trash can. I I feel like I. I didn't like tear it, but I definitely strained my hamstring just kicking a ball playing foot golf, which for me was a sign that I am uh, way a too sign old of to the be, ages to be playing any type of real soccer anymore. Well, it certainly didn't hurt you going into my wallet last week. So there, yeah, I guess I guess you feel just fine. <laughs> Mental toughness, Dave. Phoenix, Farrell, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, appreciate the support for on behalf of all the LAFC fans. And I know Dan and I were, uh, were stoked to just get a little conversation in with you here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Great having you, Dave. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Good Talk stuff. soon. Go LAFC. <laughs>
Well, always, uh, you never know what you're going to expect when you join us here each and every week. And uh, super big thanks to uh, to Dave Farrell of Lincoln Park. And and uh, let's hope we make that golf outing happen, DK. Rogues, Rogues. I mean, first of all, you don't even know how big of a Lincoln Park fan I am. Like, this guy's a legend, let, let alone, I can't believe he's one of your friends. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you've been, you're sand, I know you sandbag on the golf course. You even sandbag with your little Rolodex of friends, I guess. Like I said, you know, um, LAFC is kind of what brought us together. And, and, you know, he, Dave is an awesome dude. He brings oh, his family out. He brings his family out to the games all the time. And, and your guys, mutual friend, uh, Mark Fiore, you know, so it's, it's a good little bit of synergy that goes around. And the fact that, uh, we get to play some golf from time to time, but also, you know, we're both dads like you are, you know, so he's, he's just a good dude to bring in the fold and, and yeah, you will, uh, you will get the official introduction coming up real soon. So, and he, he brought, he brought up some great points about the culture oh, of LAFC, didn't right? he? Right. Well, but this is, you know, I, there's so many fans, uh, that are diehard LAFC fans that supported the galaxy, right. But passively. I, which like, is why you your know, question, why your yeah. question to him was was on point. Yeah. So it's just interesting to get that insight, you know. And I, I just, I, I'm a little bit different. I grew up a kid with the Galaxy. Kevin Hartman was like one of my idols. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So I love watching LAFC play. I love what they got going on. Especially there's a little. I still feel a little crossover to Chivas USA there. Just when I look in the stands and see some of those fans. Um, little, but, little, yeah. I think little crossover. Yeah. There's some that have, see, I, yeah, I, I maybe I'm, I'm partial, right? Like I'm, I have a different experience. Well, but people, people that say, people that say, oh, LAFC is Chivas USA 2.0. That's no, not, that's not, not correct. That's no, not, not it. the case. Not the case yeah. at all. What it is, is, is at the end of it, there was some great people involved at, at Chivas USA. And in particular, there's some amazing fans that stuck with that club during the worst dying days and believe me right. i was there is brutal and those fans deserve this and those are the fans that have some of them have have been a, a big part of the leadership um with the supporters group and they and and i i just know it by I, I, when i see the games on tv or i go there in person and i see these people i'm like i know these people right but yeah it's it well deserved nonetheless I have the I have the utmost respect and passion for those type of fans too, right? That, I mean, I I, I grew up a San Diego Padres and a San Diego Chargers fan, ooh, ooh. and you know those are those are some tough tough days. Um, but 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 that's why you love your team, right? That's, that's why right. you love your team, and so and so. For one reason or another, just just getting it back to Dave is that it seems like he enjoyed going to Galaxy games and watching, but it wasn't it wasn't a matter of it, it totally had his heartstrings. Right. And right. so that's why when it was the opportunity came to be part of something new and fresh, you're open to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And his his insights were great. And uh, yeah, I just loved here, you know, what how special opening day was. And yeah, awesome. Awesome to have Dave on. Well, we've made our picks, we've reviewed, we've looked ahead to the weekend, and uh, we had a really good guest on. So I guess uh, I guess that does it for us this week, buddy. I mean, just, uh, our time just another, has come. Just, you know, just another slightly above average podcast with you, Rogues. I appreciate eh, it. I'm just going to I'm going to call it average. I think we'll stay at average. You know, <laughs> we, we don't want to shoot too high early on in the season. This is just week eight of Major League Soccer. So, um, what biggest thing you're looking forward to on the weekend outside of outside of soccer? Um, this weekend, it's Easter, Easter weekend, bunny. holiday, yeah, holiday Easter weekend, bunny, right? buddy. Yeah. We'll be painting eggs. We'll be hiding eggs. Yeah. We're going to be having a, a good old time on Sunday with the, in the, with the Kennedy clan. 
what, what, did, does does the littlest of the Kennedy um, Archer will he sit on the Easter Bunny's? Uh, will he sit on the Easter Bunny? Oh Bunny's yeah, spot? he's he's fired. He's fired up, dude. And what, what, what about Baby Girl? Nev, oh, yeah, Nev, dude, Nev, Nev, she makes you work for everything, dude. She's she's a <laughs> little stone cold killer. She'll make you she'll make you work for it. My kids um, obviously are a little older, so they they right. actually they're they're like they could take it or leave it at eight and five, but right. but they will they will at least sit on the with the Easter Bunny in their in their cute outfits and not like throw a tantrum like they did right. a few years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, Archer, I Archer, will be, classic Archer will be fired up. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. All right, so for Dan Kennedy and the rest of our team at Believe Sports Podcast Network, I'm Mark Rogandino. Make sure you click, subscribe, link, share, hit us on social media, all the above. And uh, most importantly, have a great weekend of MLS soccer, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.